What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for joining the Gravity Podcast. I am your host, Chris. Hey, I'm, I'm excited about today. Uh, this, this podcast was a lot of fun to record. My, my buddy JT, the podcast host of Consequence of Habit, joined forces with me today and, and gave me the privilege of interviewing him. Uh, JT and I have known each other for close to a year now. Uh, we first connected by me hearing his podcast, and then I connected with him on LinkedIn, and he's just, he's been a good friend. He's, he's influenced my life through his life experiences and through the guests that he's brought on his show. And wow, I'm just, um, I appreciate this guy. He's, he's a good man. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Now, I, I got to, and I got to be real. I got to sit there and let you behind the, the, the curtain and let you know what the Wizard of Oz really is. Man, in this podcast, JT was totally coaching me up, uh, making my job as, as a host super, super easy. And I learned a lot from this experience, both with the podcast world, but, but even more so with just being a, a dad, being, being a husband, right? Being a, a son, um, man, it, it, this was good. I, I hope you get as much out of this as I did. Uh, this is going to be a little bit longer, about an hour long, and it's worth every minute. So uh, with that, I say uh, we get started. What is going on, JT? How you doing, brother? Chris, it's finally happened. It's finally happening, man. We're actually yeah. face to face, kind of virtually, and uh, getting to actually talk to each other, man. I'm excited about it. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Uh, I I have to, you know, this isn't where I thought we were going to go right off the bat, but I have to, you know, notice that you're you're enjoying a, a beverage over there. Like what? <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh man, it's my it's my staple. Um, yeah. Right before we jumped on, I'm off work. It's Friday. I grabbed the. I grabbed one of these upside down athletic brewing fine, fine beverages. So that's what I'm sipping on. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, and uh, you bringing attention to athletic brewing uh, because it's something that I've really been enjoying as well. Uh, like I hear you say a lot sometimes, uh, whether we totally abstain from alcohol or not, sometimes uh, we're just, uh, you know, needing to go to the kids' soccer game later. And, and we don't want to be doing that to, having a couple beers down and being able to enjoy a great tasty beer uh, without the alcohol is, uh, has been a nice uh, addition to my life. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, that's how I first found you. And I don't remember how we started communicating. I was probably stalking you on some level and you were probably considering getting a no contact order. Hey, not a big deal. That happens. Uh, but I, I'm sure I heard your podcast, the consequence of habit uh, podcast. And, and I started listening and, and, and your story uh, as you kind of unpack that with different guests as they told their story is what uh, grabbed my attention. Can you maybe just start there? What, what started this idea of consequence of habit? Uh, uh, so the idea of it came from my own realization that, that my own, my, my bad habits were really starting to play some massive consequences in my life. I shouldn't even say started to, they had been for a period of time. And I really just wasn't, a, I, I, I don't even say I wasn't aware, but I just wasn't connecting the dots because I was doing the same thing I kind of had always done. And I was doing the same things that people I was around were doing. Um, but I was, you know, I was, I came to realize that the things that I cherished the most, some of the most important things in my life were being compromised uh, by alcohol. So everybody's different. Some people can handle alcohol and they can have a little bit and they can relax and it's, it just works in their life. And then there's other people where, where that's not the case. And it, I, I quickly started to realize that I was the latter of those two and it just wasn't fitting in my life. So I made these, these massive changes. I, I quit drinking and I went through a program to do that. You know, I didn't just, you know, some people again can just say, I'm not going to drink anymore. That wasn't me. Um, and the, the further I got away from alcohol, the more I started to connect the dots and, and realize how much uh, it, in my life it was affecting. 
And then I go, well, uh, how many other things? What other bad habits do I have? And you know, are, how are they compromising me? Or what am I doing every single day? Is it adding value to my life? Or is it, is it holding me back from, uh, I think mean, I've said it a thousand times, but this idea of what we think we are as a, as a whatever, fill in the blank, father, wife, son, anything. Um, so I just started getting on a mic. I, I just so happened I was, I'd been hosting a podcast for, for uh, another beverage company and like, a, like it was big in the CrossFit world. It's a sporting drink called Kill Cliff. And I just started talking. I just started about habits and, and my own experiences. And then it just kind of took off from there. That's about a year and a half ago now. And I've had some amazing experiences and interactions and built relationships with people that I never would have to include you, Chris. And it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Wow. Hey, right at the beginning there, you, just, you talked about how your habits were starting to interfere or you were starting to have the consequences of your habits. You're starting to experience the negative consequences. And you mentioned about some of those big relationships. And that's one of the things I'm interested in unpacking it with the concept of gravity. How do we, how do we stay grounded? Uh, and what was, what was your family's response when you sit there and say, Hey, uh, alcohol is interfering. It's interfering with, with the things that are important in my life. Uh, I imagine there was some sort of a, a, a process, you know, support that your family's coming alongside you. What, what was that like? Yeah. And they, they were, I mean, it was nothing but support. You know, I think there was a little bit of surprise, uh, not because well, I'll, I'll say that everyone just like their journey, everyone's experience around these things are different. And I'm always been really good at uh, presenting myself in a certain way. So when, you know, we grow up, we watch, we watch movies and TV shows and you think of somebody who might, you know, hold that title of an alcoholic and you, you think of, of one thing. Um, and I will, I didn't fall into that kind of traditional, uh, idea of what an alcoholic was. You know, I showed up for work every day. You never saw me sloppy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you probably never, you never saw me or heard me slur. I didn't have DUIs. I didn't have all of these other things. So there was nothing but support, but at the same time, I think initially it was like, wait a minute, um, are you sure? And, and then as time goes on, because this is all they've known, they've only known me as this, you know, they've only known me as, as a guy who gets home from work and he cracks beers, not athletic brewing, non-alcoholic beers, or I'm drinking wine or so I think there was, there was, um, there was support. There was a little bit of surprise and then full transparency. There was, there was, I would say from people that are super close to you, like, man, I don't, do I even know this person? If they're struggling with something that's this bad and I didn't even know it, you know, and they'll question that. Yeah. Hey, you, you've, you've touched on this now twice uh, with both those answers. You, you started talking about, you were really good at, at projecting this persona, yeah. you know, back, I was listening to some of your, your previous podcasts back on September uh, 21st, which is my birthday. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, last year you were interviewing Seth blaze yeah. and you said like being an actor, uh, but no one ever says cut. And that just grabbed my attention uh, because I've had those seasons of life where, where I'm projecting the image that I think everyone else wants. I'm projecting the image mm -hmm. as a husband the image is a father uh, where, where the reality is I work really hard at those things, but sometimes I really suck, right? Like sometimes I just totally screw it all up and I'm going to my wife, I'm going to my, my daughters and saying, Hey, dad screwed up here. You know, will you please forgive me. Um, tell me just kind of what that means to you. This, this living life, going through life and feeling like, Hey, I'm putting on an act the whole time. I'm not really truly being me. Oh, it's, it's complete imposter syndrome. I mean, 100%. And to be honest with you, Chris, it's one of the things that led me down my path. Yeah. Uh, I've told this story a couple of times, but you know, I, I, you know, I'll be at work and I'm in a position where I'm in front of a lot of people and I have to be, uh, you know, I'm in charge. I'm, I'm teaching. I, I, so people are looking up to me. So that was part of my persona. And then as a father, you have that persona of, you know, the, the head of the household, your kids look at you a certain way. Uh, but I knew when nobody else was around that 
it's not how I felt about myself. And I, and I actually just told the story earlier today. Um, and I don't know if this is quite answering your, your, your question, but I was, I was being called in front of a room full of people and I was going to present something and I'm sitting in the back of the room and I'm thinking to myself as the person's up, there's another person up front talking and I knew I was going to get called on. And I'm like, man, I I've got, I've got this all, I'm going to drop some knowledge on these people and they're going to see that, you know, I'm a smart guy. I know what I'm talking about. And I start walking from the back of the classroom to towards the front. And then something happened in those, those like, I don't know, 15 steps, like the world just started collapsing on me. And and at that moment, I didn't realize it until I had a little time to, to, to digest it, but I was having an anxiety attack. And I think, and I think I know at that moment I felt I couldn't project, I couldn't package, I couldn't present myself in this way. And I felt like everyone saw the real thing and the real thing knew uh, I had some issues, right? So I, at two in the morning, I know I have issues and now everyone else in this room can see it. And it was, man, it was terrifying. So that was one of the first signs for me that like something's not right. And, and to go back to your point, I, I just had another conversation a couple of days ago with, with uh, a friend of mine, Chris Norris, who you've probably interacted with a little bit on, on LinkedIn. And there's a, not a danger, but as long as you're open to what you just said, you can, you can, you know, I host a podcast in a nonprofit called Consequence of Habit, and I've got some really crappy habits, right? Like, and I think there's, there's power in saying that. So people don't think I like, I never want to come across, like I got it figured out. I just want to, I'm curious about it and I'll leave it at that and I'll try my best and I'll talk about it. Um, but I've got, man, I've still got plenty of bad habits. Wow. You, uh, over the last probably month, again, going, my, my wife and I, we've been round tabling this, this, this idea of gravity and how do we keep two feet on the ground and, and it's been a rough month. I'm not going to lie. Like I have felt like a failure more in the last month than probably the previous 11 months. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and really honestly, it's, well, I don't want to sit there and classify, try to make it sound better or worse. I just, there's areas that I need to sit there and be better at. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they were already there, but over the last month, I feel like there was just, there's this spotlight, not, I, no one else even knows about them really. Right. But I know about them right, right. and it's made me feel more unqualified to sit there and launch a podcast talking about how we stay grounded. Are you serious? I'm floating away, man. Right, you right. need to throw me a weight and anchor to sit there and keep me down. So uh, yeah, that, that really, really resonates with me. Hey, I, I've never heard that piece of your story. I've never yeah. heard the, the anxiety piece. Uh, tell me, more about that. Was this like a one and done? Uh, no. Did this go on for a while? Yeah. I mean, it, it went on to, I mean, this was the, the, the irony of it is during the time I was doing stand-up comedy on this, as a side thing. And I would be in front of, you know, at times like 200 people. And I, and I would be nervous, but there was something about that work environment that um, I, it, it was, I didn't like it. And just today, I had to present in front of a group of people. I walked into a room and they said, hey, can you go up front and talk to a, a bunch of people? I don't know. Um, and I, it did seem, I mean, it hit me like, like that. All of a sudden, you know, you, that fight or flight starts kicking in and my heart's going a thousand miles an hour. And I know all through because I host the consequence of habit. I know this breath work of these techniques and, and I'm trying it all, man. I'm pulling it all out. Um, and I got through it. But I think uh, there's, there's, there's something to be said. You know, I, my, I told my wife, I said, I had a lot of anxiety today. I had to be in front of people and I had a lot of anxiety. And uh, she said, uh, how'd it go? And I, I said, it went well. The first thing I went up and I, and I said to everybody, hey, um, for the record, I don't do this all that often. And I don't know what to do with my hands right now. And, and with that, it's... Everyone, you get it, you get a chuckle, which makes me feel better. It calms me down and then it's out there. So even you saying those things, um, you know, you're not coming across like, like you, you've got the doctorate in, in staying, uh, uh, 
grounded. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, did you, you know, everyone deals with heals from, I, I I'm a recover or a, a survivor of having an, an anxiety disorder, uh-huh. uh, like a heart attack, calling the ambulance, then hooking me up to the instruments, looking sure. at my wife in the eye saying, babe, I love you. I'm uh-huh. going to die. I'll, I'll see right. you in heaven down the road. Right. Uh, what, so I know my story in reference to the, the healing process. Did you, was this something that you ended up connecting with, you know, whether it be counselors, other resources that, that, that helped you get to a spot where it's manageable? I mean, like what you said there, you have tools now. I like to say tools in the toolbox. You don't use them all the time, but there's, there's tools that you have to go to to sit there and, and manage and live with being, being anxious. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, I, I did. You know, and it all started around the same time. That was to me a sign that, that I, you know, I've said it before where I, I felt like the, it was a pressure cooker going on. And that was the first signs that the seal's starting to go. I can't, there's too much pressure and I got to figure something out. Uh, I was still drinking then, but I knew deep down that that was, that was part of the issue. That was a big part of the issue. Um, because that goes back into, uh, for me, it goes into my role as a father and what I was teaching my kids and that, you know, we can, I can go down that rabbit hole and that is generational for me. So I was doing the same thing and that was, that had been weighing on me for a very long time. Um, so I started, I, I, I sought help. The tw- a 12 step program was for the drinking, but to be honest with you, I think whether people drink or not, a 12 step program is as beneficial as anything out there. I think it's fantastic. It really connects uh, why we do things or why we feel things, and you kind of get to the the bottom of it. And then on top of that, at my own, you know, see, seeing somebody, um, and so I do have some tools, but I, uh, to be honest, I still I still have anxiety. I you know. Part of it, I think, is the acceptance of going, hey, I've got anxiety and, and there's going to be um, there's going to be symptoms of that that are going to come up from time to time. And, and uh, it's not the end of the world, but it's where it is. I've I've heard you talk about uh, and I can't remember what you just said, but controlled breathing. I've heard you. Was it has it been like the last nine months to a year that that really has become a thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. The breath work has been um, it's it's played a big, a big role. It's when you talk to people about meditation, a lot of people say, well, it doesn't work for me because my mind races too much. And anyone who's really into meditation would be like, that'd be like saying, you know, um, I don't stretch because I'm really tight. Um, but for breath work for me, specifically the, 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 like the Wim Hof style of breath work, um, it brings my mind, it brings a calmness to my mind very quickly in a way that I wasn't getting from just regular, uh, you know, following my breath meditation. Uh, so it is, it's for me, it's just in a way if, if I need to really kind of calm down or, or, uh, my ADD brain will, you know, doing the podcast and, and, you know, doing teasers and, and then the website and then normally normal nine to five job and I'll find I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like hanging all over the place. It is a way between that and cold exposure has been something that's really helped me between those two. It, it, it kind of takes the fight out of me. Like my brain, it just kind of calms it down. So, yeah. Yeah. Blew my mind when I, and the, the, the only breath work really I've ever uh, explored and that I put into practice is autogenic breathing, combat breathing. I know that you and I have similarities. We both served in the air force and uh, something I learned uh, back then. And, and it blows my mind, just the, the physiological response when we have heightened stress, right? And, and that can be a life and death experience, like being in the military, or that could be you're in a conflict with your spouse, right? This is an important relationship. We don't want this to go south. And now, and I'll be honest with you, like, I have very little anxious moments anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, really bad. And then it got better. But I'll tell you what, if me and my wife are in conflict, the most important relationship in my life, and if we're in conflict and that is, it, it is, I'm not going to say in question, but yeah, just yeah. it's, 
it's a threat right now, right? Because I, right. any moment I could say something really stupid, right? And right, right. My, my wife lets me know that I do fall asleep at night. She may get the pillow and just bring it over to my side of the bed for a little bit. You know, I mean, she doesn't want to kill me, but, <laughs> but you know, she's just going to sit there and, you know, practice. Sure. Um, so that's, I, I've, I still have it at times. And, and especially uh, if there's conflict with, with my wife and, and I recognize I stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. We stop breathing when we have increased stress. Our bodies, we we have more shallow breaths. Uh, they're quicker, and we're not getting oxygen to the brain, which means we're going back to that primal brain. We're not using the frontal lobe anymore. Um, so yeah, um, I know I'm jumping no. up on a soapbox here, but but it, wow. It, it, it is. And one of the things that you and I connected about was, was one of the podcasts with, with, I forget which Gracie it was, where he talks about the, the amygdala hijacking and yes. it, you're right. You go back to that, that animalistic fight or flight. And what's important for people to know, because some people, they want to minimize their anxiety because of what induces it. You know, we can say, Hey, this goes back to like, you know, the times where you were getting chased by a saber tooth tiger. And, and that sounds great. But I think that for some people, it minimizes when they go, hey, I have anxiety because of a conflict with my wife or me walking into a, in front of a classroom. Like it, for me, those things don't really matter. But my, my anxiety doesn't know. That chemical reaction doesn't know. It's telling me a saber-toothed tiger is coming. And um, I'm having a lot of the same kind of reactions to it. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's legit. I mean, it, you've probably seen in in, uh, in other avenues, but you know, when people really have uh, the, the 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 reactions to it, I mean, you, you lose, uh, you know, you get tunnel vision. There, there's auto. You don't hear sound like you normally do. Um, anyone who's who's been in stressful situations that tries to do anything with it, requiring dexterity with their hands is gone. Um, for for all the amazing things that humans can do and how advanced we are. Dude, at the end of the day, we're just animals and we have these weird, these weird, funky things, man, that we are, we are not always in control. We like to think we are. Yeah. That's, we trick ourselves. Hey, you've said this now a couple of times and, and so it sounds like this has been an issue for you before, but you clear in my mind, you've clearly moved past this, this, well, my story isn't that big of a story, right? Like, I mean, I wasn't getting DUIs. I wasn't kicking the family dog. Right. Uh, I, I, I didn't get, you know, all these consequences because of my alcohol use. And, and I feel like we do that as humans, right? And whether it be with, with alcohol, drug abuse, whether it be having depression, anxiety disorder, we, well, you know, my story isn't as, isn't as big as Tom's or Sue's. So I'm, I'm going to minimize it. It's not that big a deal. Uh, at what point did you get to a spot? Because here's the thing. When you share your story, that's power. There's somebody else that's going through what you went through uh, and what you still sometimes go through, what I still sometimes go through. And, and I'll tell you what, man, when I was, when I was in, in, in the really bad spot, when I was having an anxiety disorder that turned into clinical depression because I wasn't dealing with it, uh, it was the people that came up to me and shared their story that gave me hope. It was those folks that made me realize I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to have to put some work into this. This is going to take some time, but I'm going to be okay. And that was just a huge turning point for me. And then it made me realize again, my story. I mean, yeah, I called an ambulance one time and, and I thought I was dying. I mean, it was, it was a huge event for me, but I have a buddy that is a air force veteran that he told me when his, one of his anxiety attacks, he just blacked out. Right. And it's like, wow, yeah. that's a bit, that, your story's better than mine. So I feel like <laughs> as dudes, we sometimes do that. We almost try to one up each other with some stories, but then in this, in this realm, we almost try to like one down ourselves. Like, oh, you know, my, I'm not that big a deal. So at what point did you realize the power of your story and the fact that you were going to be able to impact other people's lives through, through sharing it? That's a, that's an awesome question because Full transparency. There's been times that I've been in, in a room for a 12 step and looked around and, and had imposter syndrome about I drink too much. Because <laughs> the, the guy next to me, you know, there's a there's like a running joke uh in some of those places that say I'm allergic to alcohol. When I drink it, I break out in handcuffs. And 
And that wasn't, that wasn't me. And, and, you know, you first go there and people want to help you. So they say, uh, they ask you, you know, were you ordered by the judge to come here? And I go, no, 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 no. And I have to be careful because at first I was like, God, no. But, but the, the, the important thing is um, what I shared with all of them is there was this thing I couldn't stop doing. And their repercussions had been more severe. But I also realized there's a lot of repercussions that could have come my way that I was just lucky that they didn't very easily could have come my way. And I think they're, they're one of the ways that's really affected me. And then I'll go back to actually answering your question is I found a lot of, um, a lot more empathy in people um, in general after I've gone through that, because uh, when you sit in a room like that, you are around um, the gauntlet of, of, uh, tax brackets and, and ethnicity. And it, like, it doesn't matter. Like mental health addiction doesn't give a crap what you look like. Doesn't care what your 401k is like. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, and I started to, uh, the further I got away from alcohol, the more I connected why I was doing some of the things I was doing. And we, you know, we can get into dopamine and, and what that does. And that's my biggest kick right now. Like uh, it's to me, it's fascinating. Um, but I started to realize uh, that they're no different. Their repercussions were a little bit worse. Um, mine could have been. I got really lucky. And that some of that goes back to being the, the, the charlatan that I felt like I was, that I could come across a certain way. And maybe they just were a little more authentic and really showed what mess, kind of mess they were at the time. Um, you know, I, there was times I've thought I've been around people who just couldn't drink. Like if they drank they were off on a three-day bender and um, they were in jail or passed out somewhere. And I used to think, man, their decision to not drink must be easy because everything goes to crap if they do. Where I can at least pretend that it's not, but I also know that I'm, I'm you know, I've, my wife probably, I mean, I've said this joke a million times, but it's like being murdered with a wiffle ball bat. Like it just takes a really long time. It's just these little hits at, uh, instead of getting like knocked out with like a big punch. And then you, you're like, wow, I, I better not mess with that guy. I'm just getting stung, stung and stung. Um, and I knew the first, like I said, the further I got away from alcohol, the more I realized I did have a, a serious problem. And then the more I looked around me, the more people I saw that were very much like me, they, they pretended I shouldn't say that because I don't really know their scenarios. In my view, um, there were, they were dependent on something, and, and but they still were able to manage to, to um, come across like they weren't. And I and I think that's what our, I felt like there was this need to talk about it. Um, I like it. Hey, how I'm interested. I. I I was listening to, I think it was episode 56 today, and I'm not going to remember who the guest was right now. Uh, he was Dan Ellis, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to that earlier, and uh, you guys got into kind of your military experiences and just what impact did that have on all of this? Do you think, I mean, the Air Force is big. I mean, they have core values, right? So it, uh, they have these foundational pieces that they try to lay for all airmen uh, mm -hmm. to give us this, this common sense of purpose and, 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 and structure. How did that play into your, your personality, uh, the, some of the addictions, right? I mean, when I was in the Air Force, especially when I was in Korea, uh, people were drinking. So and yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unregulated alcohol, man. You might have 180 proof this time and 90 proof next time. You don't know. You're going to find out in about 10 minutes. Um, so I don't know. How did that experience, I, I, I assume it probably had both both positive consequences and negative consequences that came along with it. What, what are your thoughts? Well, for one, it, it saved me. It truly saved me, Chris. Like I, I was going to uh, school in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I lasted. It, isn't that where? Isn't that where the office is, Scranton, Pennsylvania? Dunder, Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes! Have you been there? Have you met Jim and Pam? Yeah, Jim and I are hanging out next week. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going. You're going up. 
You know, I, I, I talk about on the podcast about being uh, ADD. And so I struggled through high school. I mean, I really struggled through high school. And then I go off to college thinking I could handle that. And I couldn't, man. It was a train wreck. I lasted one semester. Um, I ended up in a lot of trouble, <laughs> the city of Scranton. Uh, and I, I went into the Air Force. It, like I enlisted because I didn't know what to do. And, and like when I talked to Dan Ellis, like they're the reasoning for him going in and it's just amazing. And, and then I look back, I'm like, well, I didn't know what else to do with my life. And for me, that was buying time. But structure, what I found was structure is it's what I need. Like me without structure, look out. It's probably not going to be good. So uh, the Air Force saved my life in a lot of ways, I think. I excelled in the Air Force because I had that structure. I think I would have uh, excelled in, in you know, anything that kind of kept me accountable. Uh, and then, you know, even to the point when I got out, I thought I was cured. Like I thought it was fixed. And it was, I quickly realized that, um, no, you were just you were just locked away for a bit. <laughs> you, better, you better find something else that's providing the structure that you need. Um, so... Yeah. But as far as drinking went, it, it didn't help that, you know, you know, but I think no matter where I had been, I think we all surround ourselves with like-minded people because we feel, especially when we're doing things that aren't good for you, because we, you don't feel guilty, you know, people to your left and right are doing the same thing. Yeah. How, how has that been? Because again, one of the things that I really, I think I already said this, but that relationship piece, I feel like our relationships in our life have such a huge impact on the people that we are. Mm -hmm. Not to say we can't change that, uh, but oftentimes we sometimes have to change the crowds. We have to change the people that we're with. Uh, did that happen to you? You know, when you you know stand up and say, "Hey, I you know I'm, I'm giving up alcohol." Mm -hmm. uh, did you lose friends? Uh, were your friends like, "Hey, dude, we're here to support you"? I mean, what what did that? How did that play out? Um, that's tricky. For the most part. I mean, everyone always supported it, but, but if, if your friends, especially if you're hanging out with people that drink and someone says, Hey, I'm not going to drink, you've probably heard it before. And chances are it's this temporary thing. And then you're like, you know, you're back. Uh, so a lot of people were just waiting for the, for me to be back part. Um, but I knew I like to think that I, I wasn't coming back. So people were like, Hey, well, how long are you taking a break for? And I wouldn't, I try not to put numbers on it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go three months. I just said, Hey, I'm not going to drink right now. And, and I'm going to, we're just going to take it, you know, we're going to take it a day at a time and, and see how it goes. And there's a lot of pressure. There's always a lot of pressure by, by, you know, especially if you're around the same people you drank with. Um, and they're going to, they're going to clown you. They're going to give you a hard time. But what was really eye opening to me were the amount of people then reached out to me afterwards after they realized that this just wasn't a, you know, this little kick I was on and were curious on why and how I went about it. Um, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, someone will, will, like I said, give you a hard time. And, and then when I would have these heart to hearts, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't telling people I was going to meetings. I wasn't advertising that. And then when I felt like somebody was really kind of reaching out for help, I would, I would come out with it. Like, um, you know, I would say fundamentally this thing was compromising me. It was, it was compromising the most important relationships I have in my life, potentially my job. Um, like there wasn't anything. It didn't have its little claws in. So I went to this thing and uh, I went and started going to meetings. They're like, what? You went to Jesus, dude, you went to meetings. Well, you had a real problem. I thought it was just a small one. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, did you hear everything else I just said? Like the, 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 the most basic things in my life. And these, the meeting's free. It's not like, I, I mean, I, I just showed up and I'm there for an hour and then I leave. Like it's the simplest thing in the world. Uh, so yeah. The, and, and there are still people that I probably don't get invited to stuff. Um, and I'm, that's okay. Like the, to me, the, the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze anymore. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm fine with that. Juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I like that. Hey, uh, consequence of habit podcast. It's, is it like 20, 20 months old now? 
getting real it's, close to yeah, the two-year mark. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. I've been struggling lately, to be honest with you, Chris. Like the, um, COVID tricked me. COVID tricked me into thinking I had more time than I actually do when I went back to work. So uh, it's, it's, it's been a little tough lately. Um, but, but yeah, I would say it was 20 months where I, I have, today was episode 56 went out, but I probably have another 10 to 15 already done. Uh, when I say done, the interview done, I haven't edited and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at two years, almost two years. So you, you've decided to go further though. And this is one of the things I've liked watching you slowly un, uh, unpack is, is the nonprofit piece of consequence of habit. So what, I mean, we start as a podcast, you're having these great conversations. Uh, at what point did you go, Hey, there's something more I can make this, I can make this bigger. People started asking me, uh, all right, what have you learned over the past year? Like, what have you learned over the past, you know, 40 episodes or something? What are the big takeaways? And I kept pointing to like one episode individually, like I was taking bits from each one. And I, and I thought, well, you know, how can we kind of synthesize all of this and, and take the, the fundamental stuff that I'm learning um, and, then, and, and then actually put it to work? Like let's, where, where the rubber meets the road and not just talk about it. I didn't know how hard that was going to be. I didn't know what, we, honestly, if I'd known what went into it, I don't know if I, I mean, I'd like to think I would have done it, but I was, I was naive and which is, which was a good thing. Um, what we want to do is, you know, we're trying to just kind of empower people by bringing awareness to the, to the impact habits have on our lives, uh, specifically our mental health or success and the environment. Cause I, you know, that's another one of my passions is, is the environmental stuff. Um, and through all of it, and I think we touched on this a little bit earlier when I talk about empathy and habits to level the playing field. I found that we, we all have something. We all have our things that we do that, that hold us back. We've put each other in boxes by saying what those are. I'm a drug addict. Um, I'm a sex addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm addicted to my phone. I'm a workaholic. I'm addicted to toxic relationships. Like there are all things that we, we are dealing with. And when we put those boxes on stuff, um, it makes it much harder to see ourselves and other people. Right. So my, my goal in this is to just talk about habits. And I don't care if, if it's someone who's, using heroin or if it's an entrepreneur that's trying to, you know, whatever. Um, and then just to spark some interest in ourselves and then be involved in something bigger than ourselves. So some type of service work, uh, where, where we're kind of out of our own head. And that's, that's a staple for, for a 12 step is, is service work. But in the context of like, a uh, an alcohol program or drug program, it's usually in the basement of some church somewhere. And I want to take it out of there and I want to put it let's put this out in front of everyone. And, and, uh, because if we're honest, uh, especially with like the technology, I mean, we're all kind of hooked. There's no doubt, you know, it's, it's this, it's the new smoking. <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's the goal, not just technology, but just across the board. Let's, let's just talk about it. Let's get, let's be open about it. And then let's maybe, um, try to find some purpose in, in our lives by doing something bigger than us. And, and see where that goes. Yeah. I, uh, Simon Sinek does, I mean, he does obviously a number of podcasts or not podcasts, but, uh, YouTube videos. And there's this one where he's, he's relating the dopamine that we, we get each time we get that little ding, right. That little dopamine hit that we get. And the fact that we've now put that in the, in the hands of our children mm-hmm. and he relates it to, it'd be like flinging open the liquor cabinet uh, and telling little Johnny or little Susie, Hey, uh, I know the times are tough right now. Try the uh, vodka. It'll get you through the next couple months. And it's just like, when you think about it in those terms, and then when you actually watch, I've watched it, my kids mm-hmm. and my wife and I were right now, we're in this tough spot because I have a couple adult children and then two that are still in the home. And, and one doesn't have a phone yet because she's that young. And 
like we're kind of thinking we don't give her one ever. Like, right. Like I, seeing the negative effects. Now there's positive effects. Like my kids having phones, me being able to communicate with them uh, is great. Us engaging each other on social media, especially for the adults that live out of the house net, right? It, it, it's an amazing opportunity for us to connect. Uh, but seeing the negative consequences that, that have come about with some of my ladies, if I'm going to play on names here, since I just threw out the word consequence, it makes us totally lose our gravity, right? I mean, I've seen my kids melt down. I, I, one, of my, one of my kids is absolutely remarkably creative. I can't remember how many likes she had on one of these TikTok videos. TikTok was giving her money. They were starting to pay her money because how much followers and likes she had on a video. And Mm. she had somebody say something negative and she, she shut it down and I'm okay with that. Right. Like if it's, if that's what you need to do, but what I wasn't okay with is sweetheart, you have how many hundreds or thousands of likes people that are saying you rock. Who cares about the naysayer? Who cares about the one person or the handful of people that are going to speak poison into your life? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm really struggling with, and there's two different, two different challenges here. We, we keep the dopamine supply away from the kids, right? Don't give them a phone at all, but they're going to turn 18, right? Yeah. And, and society is going to tell them you have to have this or you're missing out. Or we try to give it to them and teach them how to use it properly. Uh, and honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't have the answer yeah. for that. I, I don't either. You know, I question a lot of times whether I can handle what the what uh, technology does to my dopamine levels. Now, and I'm someone who's kind of predisposed to chasing that dopamine. And and I, man, I've been doing a ton of research on it lately. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's that's not true. I listen to a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll count that as research. And the there. I think it's Dr. Anna Lemke. Um, She's got a new book out called Dopamine Nation. And she really breaks down on how the brain responds to it. And specifically with with kids, uh, I think we're definitely going to look back and and go, that was a big, big mistake. Um, I'm starting to feel the same way now about my own use of electronics in front of my kids, like we'll be sitting on the couch and, and my son and I are, are on our phones uh, as I was feeling about uh, drinking, to be honest, because I'm going, how can I say anything to him? What, what am I, what am I going to say to him? I'm doing get the same your, thing. Get off your phone. Come on. Yeah. Hypocrite. So uh, I, I definitely, I'm about halfway through a book called digital uh, minimalism. Uh, and it's, it's bring it's sending me for a, for a ride, man. Like it's got my, my mind spinning. Um, those engineers that, that are, that have put these things together in these apps, they, it is a purposeful conscious thing. They are tapping into our brains. Uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, uh, it, Hey, if someone wants to get involved in, in the consequence of habit nonprofit piece, and obviously uh, the podcasting, go to consequenceofhabit.org. But um, how about if they want to get involved in one of these service projects? It, are, where is it starting? Where, where do you envision it going? Like, um, you know, multiple cities potentially? What What's, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. So it's going to start out uh, near the near the Philadelphia. I'm just over the border from, from PA in, in Delaware. And it, it's going to start off there just because logistically it's what makes sense. Uh, I'm... You know, I talked to a guy who started a nonprofit called Just One More Wave, and he's a veteran that's that starts. They started using surfing to help uh, veterans dealing with PTSD, and it started off as this one thing, and then it just kind of spread, and, and it's it's worldwide now. And my pipe dream would be a uh, something along those lines, where people anywhere across the country, if 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 they wanted to be involved, please reach out to me. Um, we're really starting now the the funding process and if we have funding to to help uh events across the country then we 100 percent will we got a lot of there's a big learning curve and we're gonna be messing up some we have our we have an event this month uh called plogging so we're gonna be jogging and picking up trash at the same time 
So we're, ho- we're hoping to bring somebody in first. We're going to talk about habits. We're going we're to look at ourselves and then we're going to go uh, do some plogging. And um, it's going to be a month long thing where anyone can go out and pick up trash. And, and uh, our dream there is to eventually have corporate sponsors for every bag of trash we pick up or something. They, they're donating so much uh, either to our nonprofit or, or another one. Um, but yeah, the, the, the short answer is yes, I would love to see this spread. I think there's, I think there's gonna be a lot of um, positive things that come from it. Um, and if, like you said, the consequenceofhabit.org, it's a new website. Uh, there was a consequenceofhabit.com that's going away. That's when it was just a podcast. Uh, so anyone who's signed up for that mailing list will then be switched over to the .org one. And uh, man, sign up for the newsletter. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to, even if it's to testimonial, you want to tell your story, get on there, man. I want to hear it. I like it. Uh, hey, one, one thing that stuck with me, I used to work in one of our high schools and um, we had a, a drinking and driving campaign or a not drinking and driving campaign, I guess is what I should call it. Uh, and the, the degree, the, the, the mark, the aim that I gave the students was greatness. And there's a, a book called Season of Life. Uh, Jeffrey Marks is the author and he talks about, he talks about Coach Biff. Biff is the head coach, true story. And he's, he's known for giving these long 20 to 30 minute talks. Uh, and uh, at one of the talks, he sits there and tells this group of young men, hey, my expectation on you is greatness. And he says, and we define greatness by the degree in which we positively impact other people's lives. Now, I'm not perfectly quoting that, but that's, that's my definition now yep. that I oftentimes would, would give my students. Um, I think you're doing this, brother. I think, you're, I think you're hitting greatness. I mean, impacting other people's lives. You've impacted my life. Uh, that, that means more than uh, you, you could ever imagine because unfortunately you're going to find out with, with, with podcasts or I hope I'm completely wrong is it's tough to get traction at times and you'll, I shouldn't say you, I, there's times I questioned, um, the time commitments that I was putting in. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this sometimes. And then I'll hear a message like that. And, and then honestly, I'll look back and I'll go, these interactions I've had, if, if this ended right now has added so much value to my life um, that this is, it's, there's a reason I feel like it's one of the most rewarding things I've done. And, and um, this isn't blowing smoke. I meant it when I said, I'm excited about what you're doing just because of the interactions that you and I have had. And, and I've seen the steam that you've built, even on your social media posts. I mean, the listeners don't know this, but it was probably five months ago. I was sitting in my back deck, you and I were talking and you were, you were helped guide me through some social media stuff. Um, I foresee a lot of great things coming. Uh, I, I think that the, what you're talking about is, is, is needed very much right now. And, yeah. and, you know, we, and you and I talked offline about that, of the world we're living in now, um, the, the, the divides that we're all kind of feeling that, that there is, we're, we're missing out on the, on the fact that we're all humans and, uh, we need, we need some, we need some gravity. So, yeah, yeah that great place to go. Uh, and that really was my, uh, what I've been marinating in, uh, over the last six months or so is just the fact that we're so focused on what we disagree with. Here's the deal. JT, I mean, we only know each other so much, but I guarantee you that if we continue to talk for like the next five hours, we're going to find some areas that you and I disagree on, right? Are we going to sit there and, and, and draw the line in the sand on all of our disagreements though? Now, now I'm not saying that there's not some that are, that are worth drawing a line in the sand. I think there are in life. Yep. I think there are things where we should say, Hey, this, this is my, my, my stance on this. If you can't respect that, then we probably can't have a relationship. Um, but I feel like everything is that right now. Right. And like, I don't want to get into the politics of, of any of it, but, but why can't we just listen to people? Why can't we, there's, there's another author, uh, and she does a lot of, um, I think she's on NPR. Her name's Celeste Headley. And, and she talks in one of her books, I think it's titled, we need to talk. 
And she says, she talks about listening with curiosity. The fact that we've lost this, we've lost the ability to listen with curiosity. Instead, we listen with the intent to respond. Yes. And our brains can process the human language faster than the other person can talk. I think she says our brains can can process it at 500 words per minute. And uh, the average person can only talk between like 250 to 300 words per minute. So we're filling in the rest of that with thinking about what am I going to say when you go to take that breath? And, and I, I do this, right? Like I know this and I work really hard to be an active listener, to listen well. And then I catch myself cutting in on people or, and I'm just like, holy smokes. But now take it that next step further, not just the communication piece, but with all of these hot topics, and it seems like over the last year and a half, everything's been a hot topic. And I see people unfriending each other on social media, which, hey, if that's what you need to do to, you know, to be healthy, then rock on. But I'm just saying, like, are we really going to fight with our neighbor next door uh, just because they voted for a different person than us? Or, or can we still get along? And maybe I mow his lawn sometimes, and sometimes he mows my lawn, and we take care of each other, right? I mean, I don't know. Are you seeing the same thing in your community uh, that I'm seeing? over here in Washington state. It's, I mean, it's everything because everything's been politicized. You know, I did like this. I don't even know if you call it like a PSA that this is probably closer when I started this thing that uh, I compared it to, to pro wrestling where, where at least as a kid, you knew who who the heel was, you knew who the bad guy was. And now the bad guy is all determined by where you get your content from because they can flip it. And this is what we run towards. You know, it's, it goes back to even the habit thing of, of people dwell on the bad stuff instead of just running towards the good, good stuff. And, and everything kind of works out if you do that. We dwell on the bad stuff instead of dwelling on the things that we actually connect on. Um, and when you do that, you make a, a human connection and it makes working through those other things much simpler, I think. And you're right. There's going to be some things that uh, they're, they're, you shouldn't. You should, the boundaries should say that this isn't a person I need to be around. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people are fighting on airplanes. <laughs> people are fighting on airplanes. We've lost our minds. We've truly lost our minds. And and um, yeah, I do the same thing. I get wrapped up in it. I'll, I'll be on my phone and I'll realize that uh, you know I've I've found my way into some endless loop of politically charged videos and then I get off and I'm, and I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling irritated. I'm uh, Chris, I think we're coming back to these things right here. I'm holding the phone. This is, I think we're, we found the poison, man. If it wasn't for those, we wouldn't even be exposed to half the stuff we're exposed to. Right. And if half the stuff we're exposed to, regardless of the political lean is garbage. I don't know if that's the exact amount or not, but I'm just saying, if it is, then we're filling our brains with a whole bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's, that's something that I, I don't know if I want to call this a science or not. Um, I teach a leadership class and I talk about, I think it all starts with our thoughts, which the content we're taking in feeds our, our thinking. And I, I say that our thoughts uh, will, will create our attitude. Our attitude is going to, start creating some behaviors within us. And those, those behaviors are going to have a consequence on, on our relationships. And I, I like to give a story of my wife uh, for the last year and a half, she's gone back to school to get her master's degree and just working her tail off. And she's teaching full-time as an emergency sub. And uh, I agreed when she said she'd do this, uh, that she, when she told me, Hey, this is what I want to do. I have a passion for teaching. I, I want them to be able to hire me full-time. Hey babe, let me take on some of the, 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 the family chores. Let me take back the finances because she had handled that for like two decades. Let me take back this and that. I want to serve you so that you can do this well. She's like, awesome. So, I mean, we're, we're plugging along. Well, one of my chores is to make the bed in the morning. And when I walk around her side of the bed, I trip over her darn shoes just about every single day. I mean, what kind of woman leaves her shoes on the side of the bed, right? I mean, like, she's a horrible person. I mean, this is the thoughts. I don't know if I actually thought she's a horrible person, but I did sit there and think, why can't you be organized? I should have stuck you through the Air Force. They would have taught you how to fold your underwear, your socks, your towels, your T-shirts. And and I'm sitting there starting to go down this this road of being frustrated 
thinking this thought, marinating. I like that word. When you sit there and think about marinating a good steak, you just sit in it and just let it soak in. We do that with our thinking and it just soaks in. And I'm starting to develop a bad attitude about the woman that I love that has supported me through thick and thin, through an anxiety disorder and all this other stuff, right? And, and I had to stop myself and be like, Chris, you told her you, why don't you just pick up the shoes? Don't trip over them. You know, they're there, right? <laughs> you don't need to be surprised by this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts about this whole uh, uh, thought life? Is this a, does this have a big impact in your life as well? On, on a whole lot of levels. I mean, it's a running joke between my wife and I that I'll have an argument with her without her presence. And then, and then when we meet up, it, it, I'm, I'm itching for it. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready for it because I already worked through what you're going to say. Like I already have responses to hypothetical things you've never even said to me yet. So uh, yeah, I think that is, is something I'm, I'm certainly uh, guilty of. And then even on a lesser, um, on a lesser side where I'll have negative thoughts and I compare to those to like, you know, doing things when people aren't watching, uh, no one else may know about it, but they, they weigh on you regardless, because at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, and when you, when you constantly get in a negative loop, um, even though nobody else knows it, it is, it is bothering you and, it, and it's, um, it's compromising you and, and how you feel about yourself and inevitably uh, uh, misery loves company. And you're going to, you're going to take it out on, on, you know, you're going to kick the dog or you're going to bring it and take it on your wall or, or, or something. Uh, I don't kick the dog, everybody, but, yeah, but you know, you know what I mean? And it's uh, so yeah, thoughts, thoughts mean a ton, man. When you see really positive people, when you see people really doing well and you, you find out like they have affirmations and I'm like affirmations. That sounds like some, you know, what, what are you talking about? Some voodoo stuff or something? Yeah. Not that I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Careful. And, and people, you know, they'll say stuff and I found that it really works. It, I mean, you tell yourself enough times and you'll believe it just like you tell yourself you're a piece of crap or you're not capable or, or this is too hard for you or you keep telling yourself that and you will follow through with it. Uh, it goes, yeah. it's, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Well, what else, brother? Let's, uh, let, well, let, let, you know, if you don't mind, uh, I'm going to flip it, flip the script on you for, for a second. All right, let's do this. You and your wife, you, 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 do you go to her first and say, Hey, I want to do this thing. Oh yeah. I'm the one. And, and this will come out, I think, in our first uh, podcast that we do together. We're going to do Marriage Mondays, and, and uh, we've already uh, recorded one of them. And she, she talked about when I tell her about my dreams, uh, she doesn't have to ask because she knows I'm just going to tell her. And it's like drinking through a fire hose. And it's just like super strong. And then she's my brake person. She's the one that sits there and pulls the brakes for me and says, okay, hold on a second. Let's talk about the logistics. Yeah. Let's talk about how this is going to impact the other important things in our lives. Yes. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I came to her first We We've been talking about us doing it to doing a, a, a like a couple's podcast, mm -hmm. I don't know, six months or so. And we've done brainstorms about what it would look like. Um, she's still finishing up right now. She's doing her student teaching, finishing up her master's program. So she doesn't have a huge capacity to do the, the, the background work from the websites mm -hmm. to, uh, to the podcast platforms and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was me, me bringing it up to her first. I think we're, we're like mine. Well, I should say like minded that it, the relationship is, is kind of the same where I, I I'll have these kind of grandioso, grandioso, is that the right? Something where like I'm, that. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And, she, and she's pretty good about, well, let's, let's simmer down. This costs money. More importantly, this costs time. Um, yeah. But with that said, she's been unbelievably supportive uh, of this. Um, when you said that, or, you know, this kind of pointed out some things that, that you struggled with uh, doing the podcast where you felt like inadequate about certain things. Yeah. Um, what, what was the one thing that was kind of really standing out? Like, this is really going to get in the way of this. Parenting. Wow. Yep. yep. Being a dad. Um, Again, I, I said it before, I have four, four daughters and yep. they're in a lot of different seasons of life, you know, from being 
graduate from college to being in college, to being in high school, to being in elementary school. So um, time is my most valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if the PTA wants us to come volunteer uh, for, for five hours or give $500, I'm giving $500. I don't care if I have to donate plasma. Uh, if I have to get a second job and start delivering newspapers, um, I'm going to sit there and figure out a way to not go give five hours to the PTA, which I guess the newspaper one wouldn't make a lot of sense. Cause that's probably going to take more than five hours <laughs> figure of speech. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, you know, as my daughters are human beings too. And so they are going through their own struggles in life. Right. And they're having mountaintop experiences uh, with all four of them at different, different times. And, and they're also, they, they struggle just like I do. And so thinking about taking something else on and, and recognizing that I'm going to have to be really good about setting boundaries. Otherwise uh, I will allow it to spill over into the time that I should be spending with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's good that you had those those uh, discussions with yourself prior. I mean, I've, I've felt it before. Uh, last night, I was feeling a lot of uh, anxiety because I hadn't gotten an episode out. And my wife and I, we, we try and really block off time where we say, this at this time, we're going to watch TV. We're going to talk. We're going to do whatever we're going to do. Yeah. And um, she knew it was kind of bothering me and, and was was awesome enough to say, hey, this isn't the norm. Just take your time, go edit, do whatever you got to do. Uh, but I found myself a lot of times waiting until 1030 at night when everybody else was asleep and sacrificing maybe my, some of my own time uh, of, to try and, and do this stuff. But I'm sure you'll, you, you'll have the same experience or you're already having it that when it's something that is like, this is yours. This is yours and your wife's. This is, no one, there's no one telling you when to do this and when not to do it. You don't have a supervisor. This is yours. And that's for me, come, you know, coming from the military, coming into working different jobs where that was never the case. There is, um, there's a drive that comes with that that I hadn't experienced before. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess you're going to probably be feeling a, a bit of the same thing. Yeah. And our goal of this is, is much like you've seen just on, on social media channels is we haven't figured this all out. Right. I mean, we, uh, we feel like we're doing great sometimes. And then all of a sudden we crash and burn. And, and I think that's just the human experience. And uh, so we, we're wanting to share our successes, but probably more importantly, some of our failures in life uh, and how we've messed it up and maybe bring some humor to it. Um, the, the one we've already recorded is actually titled the discipline of dating, where we talk about carving up time with each other, whether it be outside of the house or just move or just a TV show or a movie together. Right. You don't have to sit there and go out and spend a bunch of money. You can sit there and do it at home. You just banish the kids to their rooms, tuck them into bed. And you, you have that protected time so that you can invest in, in, in your relationship. Uh, but we, uh, we, we want to sit there and positively impact. We want that, 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 that level of greatness. And I, I really firmly believe, and I think Jim Collins might talk about this in his book, Good to Great. Um, I believe greatness is this thing that you always pursue. And if you're in the pursuit of it, you might be at it. But as soon as you stop and do your victory party, uh, you probably just fell down to good. You're you're just good again because you you stopped the pursuit. And so uh, that's our, our hope with this. And who knows? it might totally crash and burn, but I only get to live this life once. I, I want to say maybe you guys were saying this in episode 56 just today while I was listening to it. We only get to do this once, right? So we give it a shot. And if we positively impact a handful of people's lives, awesome. And if in a year, nobody's listening to the Gravity podcast, hey, nobody's listening to the Gravity podcast. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, but we're excited. We're excited. I'm excited that she agreed to do it with me. And with me doing all of the background work, uh, the, I mean, the one that we've recorded so far, we had a ton of fun with yes. and we're ribbing each other during it. And within afterwards, we created a list of other things that we think we could probably, you know, share some of our own personal stories, bring some humor to it and, and give some people some takeaways of what they can apply in their own lives. And, and what other thing could you do that, like you said, it, it, say you did this for a year and then it went away. You, you have this digital um, like, I don't know if no footprints are the right word, but you have this archive of this process. 
your kids can listen to this 50 years from now. They're going to hear, you know, their, their mom and dad talk about this stuff and joke and do, uh, I mean, I've, I've thought about that a lot. Like, Hey, when I'm gone, you know, I, I, my kids can listen to all this stuff. I keep it all on a hard drive. This will, this is here forever. Yeah. So it's fun, man. It's fun. I'm excited for you. I think I do. I, I do think this is going to do some great things. I think, uh, you're really going to expand on the stuff that you were doing on the social media and just bring it to a whole new, another level. I think it's, I mean, I'm excited to be on here, man. Well, thanks for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you helping me. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to make mistakes, right? But you, you've helped me not make some of the mistakes that you probably made by, by sharing with me uh, process. And, and so I'm a little bit better set up right now and ready for this because of you uh, investing some time in me. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. And if anyone wants, I think I've already said it, but if people do want to connect with you, probably the best way is to go on consequenceofhabit.org.org. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that would be the best way to do it. Just there's an info email from there that always comes to me. Uh, and that's, we're going to be sending out weekly newsletters to keep people up to date with what's going on. Uh, we're, we're throwing around the idea, you know, you and I talked about the, the, the electronics, we're, we're throwing out the idea of doing a a digital fast, a 30 day digital fast. So people can sign up for that. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, for anyone that chose to sit there and click on this and listen to the gravity podcast, thanks for joining us. Uh, I hope that you, uh, check us out in the future and go and take care of your loved ones. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. Hey, what a great podcast, JT. Thank you so much for giving me a portion of your time. To, uh, to pick your brain. Hey, if you enjoy listening to JT, check out his podcast. Uh, it's on all major uh, podcast platforms, the Consequence of Habit podcast, or you can go to his website at consequenceofhabit.org. That's consequenceofhabit.org. And you can check out all the things that are going on with his organization. Hey, if you like this podcast, it would help me a absolute ton if you'd be willing to rate me leave some comments. If you have ideas about future podcast guests, love to hear from you. My email address is chris at gravityct.com. That's C-H-R-I-S at gravityct.com. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Um, We only get to live this life once. So let's go out and love on our loved ones and take care of each other.